welcome back. Episode five, can that be right? Yes, episode five. Episode five. We are talking about cancel culture today here on yes. Critical Conversations. That's a lot of C's, cancel culture, critical Cancel culture is critical conversations. I know when I was typing notes, I was, wrote CC, I was like, wait, we're going to cancel <laughs> critical conversations culture. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, cancel culture has been sort of a big topic for a couple years now. Uh, I think it sort of sprung onto the scene. I don't know. Probably should have done some more like actual history <laughs> onto it. But I definitely remember hearing a lot more about it in like the past four or five years uh, with the rise of Twitter, social media, internet in general. Mm -hmm. Started to become a really big buzzword. And I would say I around the MeToo movement, like this kinds uh, of big um, scandals is kind of what led the current cancel culture movement. Cancel culture in itself has been around for forever, you know, stopping leaders in power when they do crazy things. But right. it, as we know it today, yeah, in the last four or five years. Right, right. The idea of canceling and yeah, absolutely. It's really sort of, sort of taken on this like broad meaning where probably means people debate on is cancel culture even real uh or is it just people are mad about <laughs> getting called out for their actions so right in their words um yeah so i thought we would sit down today and talk a little bit about what cancel culture is and what's a good definition of it um how it's beneficial how it's not um sort of tie it back into just well, what is free speech? What is hate speech? Uh, all these things are really connected. So I'm excited to sit down and talk a little bit about it. Um, yeah, there's we so don't wrapped up in this idea. And I think it's just really interesting. And it's a really hot button issue. I think the it, it's, it's also taken on a separate movement. That's not just what we think of as cancel culture. But like, now the right has or a lot of conservative groups have co opted this, this term for completely other things uh, and more like government right. imposition um, and using the term cancel culture for that. So I think that's really interesting as well. Uh, I mentioned that a bit last Absolutely. week. We'll probably talk about, touch on that. Yeah. 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 There's definitely an anti cancel culture movement and um, that's definitely a growing sentiment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we don't really have that much news for this episode we sort of filmed this one very similar in time to the last episode and not a whole lot has happened but we do have one bit of news do you want to talk about our sort of yeah so this, segue news <laughs> yeah so as of this morning so this is probably about a week ago since recording this for uh, listeners but I, so jk rowling has had a kind of been part of this cancel culture movement and has been canceled several times on twitter for various statements. Uh, <laughs> no, I feel like every few months she says something that is more um, not in line with current uh, more left ideology and talking about specifically the issue is she's a, she's a big feminist, but she is not a big trans feminist, or at least is trying to promote the idea that not all, uh, that like women are different from men and so that's kind of like her whole issue like we can't we have to create if we've done so much for for women in the culture trans is a step back like is yeah back. yeah she basically has the idea that like feminism 
but is like completely counter to being pro-trans and right so that's uh, obviously uh you know hot button issue so she's been called out for that many times on twitter and through news sources and stuff uh, but as of this morning she officially is coming out with a book uh, i think next week and the book has a character in it as according to early reviews are saying that the serial killer in her um book that she's writing hat is a trans or is a man who dresses up as a woman to lure people in and then kill them and so a lot of people are seeing that as a um you know anti-trans specific like in her books which is before it's just been statements she said in in essays and on twitter um so that's really interesting so like uh rest in peace uh or r.i.p uh, J.K. Rowling was trending on Twitter this morning, so much so that Twitter had to release their own statement saying, no, J.K. Rowling did not die, but <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, in fact, okay, she just has this book coming out. So that was yeah. a really piece of news, wow. um, which I think perfectly encapsulates what we're talking about. Yeah, talking about today, yeah. I mean, I feel like no matter where when in time we filmed this episode, there was someone getting canceled somewhere in the world. Yep. Um, or, uh, yeah, someone trending for something like that. Yeah. So do you kind of want to... Yeah, I really... I, the book hasn't even come out yet, right? No. So, like, which there's probably no way to have, like, a fully balanced critique because... Right. And these pre-reviewers are literally spoiled the book because, I mean, it's a mystery story trying to figure out who the killer is, and they're telling you. Like, so I feel bad <laughs> actually reads the series that's like, oh, well, right. no, what happens? Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. So that's kind of funny. Wild. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, so, so I sort of wanted to talk about a couple of the, like, uh, more famous cancel culture yeah. incidents. Um, I mean, there's definitely, like we said, a question of, is it real? What does it mean? And I think when you think back over cancel culture his, historically, or like in the past couple of years, which is sort of recent for how long it's been around, um, your sort of bigger moments are like, uh, I don't know if you remember, he was slated to be the host of the 2019 Oscars. Mm -hmm. um, and then some of his old tweets came up. Uh, I think they were homophobic, they were gay jokes. Um, you can look into this if you want to get into the weeds on that. But basically, there was a lot of outrage over that. Uh, I think he stepped down of his own volition. I don't think anyone could ever say he was not. Sure. He was not asked to step down, I don't think. But he was given pressure. And so that he was like, I think it's just better if I am not part of this. I apologize for right. my actions. And then. Right. Um, yeah, he was like, so, that's an old me. I don't believe yep. that stuff. And yeah. Which, so I mean, that one is an aspect of cancel like but he is still around like he's still making movies right like, right um i think the right. one that put it on my forefront of my mind which this one that i think is rightfully so is uh louis ck was kind of i feel like one of the first big celebrities and he kind of had a, a, a sexual scandal yeah. happen um but i mean his show was canceled his netflix dropped his entire like comedy specials his entire tv right. show like anything right. that had louis ck in it or on it was just gone right um you can say similar about um uh, who's the uh, actor in 
oh no, I can't even think of the show name, the political show on Netflix. <laughs> oh, Jared. Uh, yeah, P- apologies, but uh, Kevin Spacey, yeah. Kevin Spacey. Oh, there you go. That's who it is. Um, so <laughs> he was in a similar situation where like his show was canceled and like a lot of the movies he was in were dropped from streaming services. Right. So those are kind of the first yeah. two things that pop into my mind. Right. But yeah, like you said, on the, on the other hand, I mean, I think Louis CK is still doing stuff. Um, right, probably. Yeah. And, and I mean, basically is you can think back to like, we talked about a little bit ago, like PewDiePie, he's one who mm. like was streaming, said the N word on stream. He had a ton of sponsorships get pulled. Um, like he apologized, whatever. And they, he definitely lost a lot of like monetization potential um, in that, but like he's still around, he still does have sponsorships. Um, and so, yeah, these, the, I think that's like the first sort of tension where you have like, okay, people are getting canceled in the sense of like the common sense of the word, like when we talk about it, like that's definitely it. Right. But a lot of times it's not the career ending terrible thing that you might imagine it is like a lot of times people are able to bounce back jk rowling i think you told me she's like still one of the best-selling authors yeah she's best-selling most highest paid author of 2019 like still doing just fine (laughs) right right um i think another big one was uh the papa john uh what's how do you say his name john uh john's oh man i had it up a minute ago (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, so the guy who is the face of Papa John's, um, I'm looking up his name now. I really should. John Schnat- Schnatter. Yeah, Schnatter. Schnatter. So he, um, Papa John's had like, the first controversy with him was basically uh, the NFL was having its sort of first round of protest and people were kneeling for the anthem. And Papa John, John Schnatter had said, the NFL hasn't done enough to uh, curb these protests. And because they're allowing it, the NFL's ratings are hurting and it's hurting like the pizza sales. And so I don't think this was like an official statement or anything, but he was basically like, they should do more. Like it's definitely affecting our sales. I don't agree with it, whatever. Um, right. Yeah. Papa John's got a ton of backlash for that. He was sort of, he was sort of like, I can't remember the whole timeline of it all. Okay, wait, I have it. I actually do have it up. Um, so yeah, that hurt their business a lot. Um, and he had to step down as CEO later when he used a racial slur during a, an internal sensitivity training conference call. And In the sensitivity it, training call, that's... Well, so yeah, there's more to it and you should read up on this, but basically he, he says it's, it was a setup and they were like trying to get him to say the word in the context of like, like we're not using the N word. And he, he had said some comment, like he wasn't saying it, but he was saying someone else said it, but he still said it. Right. And he claims it was just get him out. But either way, there was a lot more backlash about that. And they made him resign as he stepped down as CEO. And yeah, and he still maintains that the board conspired against him and like pushed him out, but sort of leveraging cancel culture in that way. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, 
It's really interesting. I think um, we see this sort of ironic, like the right wing wants to push back against cancel culture, like claiming free speech. And uh, just because someone doesn't believe in like uh, pro um, LGBT ideology, then right. suddenly they can get canceled for that. And so the right wing is really stands against that. But there are also times where we see like the NFL itself, like we saw Colin Kaepernick and there was a ton of people on the right complaining about Kaepernick threatening to boycott. You could say Kaepernick got canceled in some ways, like teams dropped him and he is, you know, not in the NFL anymore. So like, right. That was kind of a outside of that. Right. Um, Yeah. I think recent news, like there was a Goodyear tires, their statement where they said, um, let me look up the exact wording. Uh, they said, basically, if you want to come to work wearing Black Lives Matter okay. memorabilia, or not memorabilia, but yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah, like logo statements, or pins, logos, hats, you can, but if you, but you can't wear Make America Great Again uh, attire, any MAGA attire. Interesting. Um, let's see. I feel like that's a whole other like thing unto its own like that's crazy right and i think that the even the claims of that are dubious like whether or not it happened right like was an official statement but either way donald trump was like don't buy good your tires and a lot of right-wing people were like no we're not endorsing them anymore and that's just that's the right wing participating in the same cancel culture Mm -hmm. that it speaks out against um so i think there's some real hypocrisy well uh, i think I think it's weird because there's this whole like um, weird sliding motion on what is a, what is right to be canceled, right? Like what is where is the where is the line that this person deserves to be canceled? This person doesn't like in Louis C.K. and in Kevin Spacey, it's like okay, they clearly did some sexually right. deviant things that, in general, populations like that's clearly not okay. These women were harmed. Like it's totally good for netflix to be like yeah we're not having associated with them at all it's i think i think it's a different thing when you have something like papa john where he's just like saying a statement and yeah maybe it's a personal he's just saying something as a person and then he all of a sudden gets this whole backlash on him so i think it's an right it's an interesting dynamic there's definitely a spectrum of things that um should be canceled out like i'm probably still gonna buy good year tires like that's like I, i don't know it's just so I think there's right. a there's a a weird spectrum there. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. So. Yeah, and I think another kind of hypocrisy type thing is where the right will claim that um, like cancel culture is anti freedom of speech, right? However, right, shutting down someone from saying what they want to say. Right, but at the end of the day, it's it's not the government that is clamping down on speech, it's right. private energy being allowed to operate the way it wants to operate and saying, okay, this is a brand risk and it's in our best interest as a private corporation to not associate with this person or right. cut ties, if, whatever. If the government had stepped in during, to Papa John's and said, hey, listen, you need to fire him, like, 
you have to do this. Like that's very different, I think, than Papa John's organization being like, hey, you're hurting our sales. Like you need to get out so that we can move on. Like that's, those are different, definitely different things. Right. Yeah, like as a party that sort of is claiming to embrace liberty and freedom of speech and freedom of, uh, you know, entities, government or uh, private businesses and people to act the way they want to act, then cancel culture is very in line with that. Like it's people speaking out against what they find repulsive and uh, other people responding in in accordance or agreement. Um, yeah, so I, I, I was thinking back to uh, John Stuart Mill, who's a philosopher. He's like a really uh, classic, classical liberal, like more libertarian, very pro-liberty, and sort of his take on social pressures. And, and this has been a big sort of libertarian ideology for a long time, which is basically we never want to be in a scenario where the government is censoring free speech uh, because those allowing bad ideologies to still be or harmful, whatever that should mean, to be spoken freely is is a good thing because it allows for uh, like the marketplace of ideas. It allows for discourse to come about to make sure that we do end up where the truth actually lies. it might be true that the pop unpopular opinion is actually correct and we want right. to give it a chance to come become uh, stronger through dialogue and when you take time to tackle uh, something that's unpopular or potentially incorrect that actually strengthens strengthens the truth as you learn to defend it instead of just right it's this uh, idea shutting of it down putting something out in the open space having people talk about it you know, letting it air, you know, that makes it better, right. not, right. not worse. On the other hand, I don't think a lot of cancel culture is focused on combating the actual idea. Uh, I think a lot of times the the idea behind cancel culture is just to deplatform the person and not really separate the professional from the private and be like, okay, well, let's talk about why this is a terrible opinion. Let's talk about right. why I think that it's more of an of we're already it's not even worth our time to hmm. debate with a racist doing away with it which i totally can empathize with yeah not every opinion deserves a sit down like battle defense however i think it's incredibly risky to just be like lump everything into not even right once you it. once you've cut off more and more and more ideologies that you just uh, classify as not even worth discussing you're left with just your own Uh, and i think that becomes a very dangerous place to be yeah right i mean i think it's like universally not across everyone because or even on the left like um obama's speech or he had an interview he did back in 2019, which he doesn't speak out a ton, uh, but I thought it was really interesting. In December of 2019, he had an interview uh, on stage and was talking about like, you know, I get, this is the quote, he says like, if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or use the wrong verb, and then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself, and I called you out, it's like, 
that's just useless and not part of the conversation um, right. because it's important to have conversations and talk about different issues. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting. He said, that's not activism. That's not bringing about change. All you're doing is casting stones. You're not going to get any, you're not going to get very far. Right. So, I think he's, yeah, it's the same sort of idea. It's like, we're not really having a debate. We're just sort of, yeah. The platform. We're not talking about it. Like shout them down kind of scenario. Right. So, yeah. And, and that way I feel like cancel culture, it, it's good that it's taking on debates in like a non-government way. Like we're not, calling the police on them, but I do wish that it was a little bit more um, dialogue focused. <laughs> I definitely yeah. don't think the like Twitter mob of cancellations are focused on ideas in any way. Well, you, and you can't be on Twitter, right? Like the idea is that you just send <laughs> out this, you know, one thing and it's, right. it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, this person's horrible in five words where it's hard to express yeah. a full opinion in five words. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I do sympathize with those who are critical of cancel culture uh, under the lens of, well, will this one day slip into the government? Will just because it's more of a social thing to cancel someone over an old tweet, is it something that we might get prosecuted for in the future? Is, is it one day going to be uh, illegal to, say thing that uh, if we don't value those opinions now or justify them as even worth our time to sit down and debate with them, is it always going to remain like legal? Um, yeah, which I think we see that argument coming from the right a lot in the last, you know, six months um, during COVID. I think, you know, a lot of these right-wing organizations, including my own, like we have have these conversations saying, the government is coming to cancel you and specifically in a lot of religious liberty kind of clauses with all these churches being shut down during COVID um, and yeah. not being around to reopen or being held to different standards. And I think that is really um, has kind of fed into this kind of cancel culture idea. That's like, okay, it's kind of slipping out of just Twitter and becoming more of like, okay, well now you're just canceling this thing you don't want open because it's deemed as non-essential or whatever you want to deem as. Right. Um, so I definitely see that argument right. coming a lot more and more now. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think a lot of the right wants to, yeah, like we said, rebel against cancel culture saying, oh, it's free speech, it's free speech. Right. But while it doesn't seem to be the issue now, it definitely is in a lot of countries. Like if you look at um, hate speech laws, there's like a whole Wikipedia. I'll, I'll go ahead and um basically america is a, a little bit unique in that it's one of the fewer countries that doesn't have hate speech laws as of now like this yeah. is sort of a summary of hate speech laws by countries so i would definitely recommend clicking through this if you want to learn a little bit about how each country handles hate speech and basically sort of just through clicking through a lot of this and scrolling through it a lot of the hate speech laws tend to be more like canada or uh 
the UK where there are hate speech laws. They tend to be sort of focused on anti-racist uh, purposes. Uh, very, very, Canada, I think in particular has three, um, three main prongs. I can find it. Like provisions they have opposing certain types of speech. Yeah, like, okay. looks like, okay, I think this is it. So there's basically like three offenses, um, like advocating genocide, that's illegal. Okay, that's probably um, good. And then you have uh, publicly inciting hatred or promoting hatred, mm. which are a lot more general. Um, yeah, it's like publicly inciting, okay, I can see that. But promoting hatred is very nebulous. Like, what is yeah. what do you define as promoting hatred or promoting? Right. Like, what does that mean? Like, except like saying it or just letting someone say it. Like, that could be seen right. as interesting. Which, yeah, it is really interesting. And there are a lot of cases where um, people have been charged. You can get jail time or fines, uh, things like that for saying racist things or publicly uh, condemning a race or a group. Uh, a lot of times, I think in the UK, it can be applied to like um, LGBT groups as well, um, which is a, a really staunch difference from what we have here in America right, right. now. Um, yeah, so it's important to realize America does, there are still limits to free speech. This is sort of tangential, but uh, there are ways where you can say things that get you in trouble. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not, the, the free, like hate speech is maybe like officially illegal in other countries, but there's definitely things that you can't say in America uh, and claim them under free speech. Right. Um, and what was the name of that court case we were looking at? Um, Bradensburg, something. Ohio, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting case. You, want to, yeah, you can explain it a little bit. Yeah, so the U.S. has sort of had these same debates that have kind of gone on in the U.K. and Canada, and we see it being sort of punishable under criminal code in Canada and the U.K., uh, like racist, hateful speech. But in the U.S., uh, it is allowed as long as as the, the phrase imminent uh, inciting or producing imminent lawless action which basically means inspiring violence like in the moment um so like a case of that I, they i think it's very he's right late 60s talking about the end of civil rights movement like if you stand up and say you know we're going to go kill these people that that's going to be, that's considered, in, you know, inciting hate, inciting lawless action or, right. you know, so that can be seen as, as speech that is illegal. Um, right. But that's basically it we have for in America, like none of these other things we've been talking about qualify under that. Right. These three right. advocating people. for genocide. Yeah. Crazy. Right racist things on Twitter or wherever is protected. Um, but 
it's definitely yeah. not crazy to be a little bit nervous that, oh, well, what if we do go to the route of Canada or uh, the UK, where there are some limits to what you can say. You can be canceled legally instead of just socially, right? Right. There's a big difference between the two. But as of now, there is a defined, like, no, you are protected legally. However, social consequences of your words are your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think it's, it's really important. I think even, you know, as a right wing, someone who advocates for liberty to remember that those social pressures, the social consequences of your words are uh, an important part of a free society like that. That's what allows us to not have censorship laws, knowing that in a free society, often the place of ideas and like having to interact with people around you will keep people in check fairly well. Like, I think it's an important thing to realize and a good thing to realize that uh, what I say on the internet or my beliefs, I'm going to be held accountable for them. Right. Maybe not. Yeah. Those things. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not legally right away, but uh, for these people who say terrible things, it's going to affect their ability to get a job. Uh, It, I mean, just the, the weight of, being hated or <laughs> chastised by the public at large is a powerful tool. Yeah, and I think social, obviously the rise of social media and like these things is why we've right. seen an increase in this kind of conversation in the last few years because um, it's so much easier to have that social pressure on someone because before it was like, what are you going to send a letter? Like, Yeah, you, know, you could just pack up and move to a new town. Right, and you not have those social pressures anymore. Um, so I definitely think it, it, it right. it's a double-edged sword yeah it can be it can be it can be good and bad so right absolutely yeah and I, it's an important part of a free society is being able to condemn uh ideas and have a dialogue about them but i think yeah the dialogue part is definitely important <laughs> right and i think um that kind of leads me to another thing i want to talk about um was the harper letter from back in july and this is kind of coming off the J.K. Rowling stuff. Um, but if you don't, if you're not familiar with it, so back in early July, Harper's Magazine um, had a letter that was published with a lot of um, left, more left-wing writers and bloggers and newspaper people and uh, a few other famous names besides J.K. Rowling. I'm not sure of a lot of the other ones. But it basically was this, letter against cancel culture and these ideas and in favor of having a public debate and in favor of having a conversation about issues that aren't settled. They're basically, they were saying like some of these issues that now the left is saying are completely settled and over with, we shouldn't discuss. And if you disagree, you automatically mean you're wrong. Like let's have a debate about this. Um, So it's interesting to see that third kind of party um, that's not just you know, solidly left wing or solidly right wing having this conversation, but like these kind of other middle people that are like, well, I don't know if we should go either direction. Um, I just thought it was, was really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, it's sort of tied in with fake news as well. And it's probably a larger topic, but right. it's, such a, it's such a scary thing to just censor it, remove it, take it down. Uh, I, I totally understand understand the side where it's like well it's harmful 
these lies uh, can result in harm down the road and just further hate and disinformation in general. But on the other hand, when you censor and shut things down, the people who believe these things, which are probably you know erroneous and hateful, suddenly can't have a dialogue. You remove any sort of meaningful interaction and just uh, cut it off at, at the source. And then they sort of, it goes and festers in like these circles where it's just an echo chamber and yep. I can't publicly talk about my crazy opinions anymore. So now I just find people that agree with me. That's the only place I can talk about it. And then it just gets much, much worse. Right, which is why we wanted to have conversations like this. Yeah, just right. To yeah, to talk but, about things. Right. And I definitely see both sides. I see like, yeah. oh, it's incredibly harmful to let COVID-19 information stay online. But I thought that says, well, now people are just going to buy conspiracy theories more because they're like, oh, I can't even talk about this. Like that feeds into the exact same. Oh, yeah, same. for sure. It feeds into that aggravation and that sense of right. like, well, I, I can't understand anything. So I might as well believe this. So. Right. I, I just hope that there's a way to like, talk about these ideas, whether it's stuff you're being canceled for or conspiracy theory that can sort of provide, like we said, through the marketplace of ideas, those combinating, uh, combination of opposing ideas. Right. The hope is that the truth can come out stronger and we can have a dialogue that is helpful instead of hurtful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. I was so, talking about, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was talking about this a little bit with Catherine just a minute and we sort of have this like optimistic view that oh, we'll just have a dialogue and like, the truth will prevail, which <laughs> is definitely optimistic. And I'm yeah. not willing to say like, it's going to end up being better at the end of the day, but I think that ends up resting squarely on the shoulders of the culture and the population. Like if we have a group of people debating that genuinely desire truth and genuinely want to know uh, what the right way is, even if it's uncomfortable, then right. yeah, the marketplace of ideas will probably prevail. But if we have a culture that is uncomfortable with finding truth other ideas, and, yep. Right. They just want to roll with what sounds correct and uh, whatever makes fits my narrative, fits what makes me feel good. Yep. Then your marketplace is gonna is gonna spit out what you're what you're asking for. Yep. Um, so at the end of the day I think that's part of sit down and do this is like we we're, we're gonna try to actively engage in a marketplace of truth of ideas that demands the truth, not just what sounds or feels right. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, I kind of want to talk about one more aspect of cancel culture and uh, something that is more like a relatable scenario for, for us. So I don't know, I don't think we've talked about this too much personally, but John Christ is a mm. Christian comedian um, who I find very, very funny. <laughs> um, I saw him, the first time I ever saw him was live. Oh, I saw him live. was at Catalyst Conference in Atlanta. And he was one of the hosts and he was super funny. He did some of the stand-up. He did you know, a bunch of skits and showed his videos, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he became very popular on Instagram. Um, he had a, a big following specifically among 
like conservative Christian kind of subculture. He was grew up in that right. and had a very right um, part of that culture. So then it came out about nine, ten months ago that he was using his platform and specifically talking about or and specifically like while he traveled around and using them to coerce slash um, manipulate or I don't even know if it would go that strong of language, but like yeah. to have sex with 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 women around around the country. Um, yeah. He had several different relationships at the same time and some of them whom were married women. And so like as nothing illegal or no like no right. like uh, illegal action was taken, but very anti what he was saying he was standing for right. uh, and his principles specifically in the Christian subculture. Right. Um, so he was promptly canceled, you could say. Netflix dropped his stand-up special that was coming out. Um, he left Instagram. He kind of said an apology, but like it was basically just radio silence um, from him for a while. Wow. Which I think was, yeah. you know, fairly justified. It was, it was pretty um, sad. Some of the things he would get girls drunk and just like things that weren't very good. Um, yeah. Anyway, he came back on the internet about a month ago, maybe a little over a month ago now, um, and started posting Instagram videos. And it left me in this weird situation where I didn't know whether I wanted to watch his videos or not. Um, this is someone who has, and has been mostly embraced back by his followers and like welcomed back into the community. And it's only been you know, eight or nine months since yeah. these allegations came out against him. And he kind of gave an apology, but he didn't ever directly address the issue or apologize to any of the women. He mostly apologized for um, being a hypocrite and kind of like more general apology. Um, so, and I think it's just a really interesting scenario where now, like as a person, like do I support this kind of material or do i embrace the more like cancel like you know don't give right. him back his his power because a lot of these things come with this power dynamic uh anyway right. i don't know what your thoughts are on that but i just think that's yeah. a really interesting um cross-section of this cancel culture right. that was specific to me and specific right. to a lot of people so yeah well i also think for a lot of people when they're trying to make that decision on their own like do i want to re-listen to this person's music or watch their films right. whatever yep uh there's a big element of well do i believe this person has repented do i believe that that was them in the past and they've really changed yeah um, yeah i think at the end of the day it has to be just like yeah each person has to make its own decision like do i believe this person can change a lot of people firmly believe like how oh, people don't change it's all for show. They're just saying it to get out of the hot water. Right. This apology seems legitimate. This one doesn't. Yeah, it's hard to know. And like in John Chris's position, it's like it hasn't been very long. It's not like it's been right. for years and he's gone to rehab. Like it's a, right. been a pretty quick turnaround. Right. Um, so and I think it, there's definitely wisdom to like sit down, actually watch the person's apology video, yeah. actually learn the facts. A lot of times we just hear what other people are saying and we're like, right. oh, well, I guess that's all there is to it. Like he, he did this and then that's uh, the end of it. But when you sit down and there's definitely people who have been canceled that I feel like 
it when you hear side of this like yeah that definitely seems blown out of proportion i can see where their heart was i've watched this person for years they're like the people are testifying for him that know him and it, it's, it's not really like that and like you know yeah no for sure important to like not get swept up with everyone else and you know, actually wait till facts come out and things like that just keep a level head yeah but yeah it is a hard decision when you know they they did do something wrong and then they come back not after yeah so that's just something that like you know that's why i want to have these conversations with people and talk to other friends about it like okay what do we think about this these these issues and should we um buy into this cancel culture idea for certain you know so i think it's it's good to have conversations and right free speech and free market's all about so yeah yeah absolutely and no one's perfect like everyone has Right, and that goes back Definitely. to the open speech. It's like everyone makes mistakes. Everyone said something that they wish they didn't. Uh, they wish they could take back. Right. So we have to learn to yeah. to move on. We can't just cast stones at everybody yeah. who did something right. wrong. Yeah, and that we live in this world that's very fresh, where we're like people have had access to the internet since they were twelve, and they post all of their thoughts. Right. Like that is such a new thing. Like I can't imagine people make wise decisions in their youth no yeah we're still uh, figuring it all out absolutely yeah cool man anything else i think uh i think that's it i i don't there's not like i feel like a big one single takeaway or two i mean i feel like a lot of questions floating around the air around cancel culture are still sort of there in my mind yeah there's still i think we have to learned to not jump on bandwagons to immediately cancel someone if they say something that we disagree with we should look into the research hear what they're saying hear what also listen to the people that are opposing them are saying because that's important to listen to whether it's victims or whether it's you know who her overheard like that's important to see as well um yeah and really try to understand the situation and then have a dialogue get the facts yes yeah so and yeah, I don't think either extreme is completely right. Like there is definitely no, some elements no. of cancel culture, but these people do bounce back and still have careers. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's quite as terrible as some of some people make it out to be. Right, for sure. Okay, well in that case, I have a recommendation. Um, so this week I wanna recommend a band called The Night Game. Um, they are a fairly new band. It is actually, the lead singer of uh, Boys Meets Girls uh, from back in the day. And so if you ever listened to like the Great Escape um, song that was popular in the early 2000s. So he left that band, that band broke up and then he started kind of this indie pop um, group called The Night Game. And I, they have one album and then he's releasing singles for the new album. And I just think it's really great. It's super fun and upbeat. Um, yeah, they're just, it's a it's a, a really fun band. So very cool. So it's called the night the game. night game. The night game. Their yeah, his newest song, "I Feel Like Dancing," is my number one most played on Spotify for the last couple months. Nice. No, not game. last couple months. It only came out August twenty so, first. Well, then the last month. So <laughs> you look on my Spotify like 
uh, stats is like the last six months. It's like my number three for the whole six months. So listen to it a lot. <laughs> Very nice. So, Very nice. Yeah. That's my recommendation. Cool. Awesome. Uh, as far as topics for next week, we are TBD right now. We're filming this pretty early. So yep. once we know, I'm sure we'll uh, announce it in the description what we're talking about next week. But looking yeah. forward to it for sure. For sure. So All right. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, podcasts, Anchor, wherever podcasts are found. And on YouTube, uh, subscribe on there. We also have a Facebook page, which you can follow uh, for updates on all the new episodes and uh, breaks and stuff like that. So, yeah. Thanks for thanks tuning for, in, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Adios. Mm-hmm.